Welcome to Back to Ours, a new podcast for Barking and Dagenham, brought to you by Studio 3 Arts and part of a campaign developed by the Cultural Partnership and Council Safeguarding teams. Look out for campaign materials using hashtag BDProtect. So we've started this podcast as a way to keep the community together safe and healthy through lockdown, distancing and beyond. In each episode, we'll be interviewing some of the amazing people who live and work in our borough about the stuff they've been doing in lockdown. We'll also be talking about the ways you can support your family and neighbourhood so our community is the best it can be. So, grab a cuppa, settle in and let's crack on. It's all back to ours. Good morning. Hiya. How are you? I'm doing all right, thank you. How are you? I'm all right. I Listen, I, I'm sorry, I just need to cut to the chase. Did you go to Barry Island? I went to Barry Island yesterday. And? I had literally the best time. So when we first got there, um, it had said it might be raining, first of all. And um, I wasn't very prepared. I was in little short shorts and the most layer I had was a denim jacket. Um, <laughs> so that was interesting. And then we went for a lovely little breakfast. Mm. And then when we walked down to the beach, the sun broke through the clouds and I ended up going for a swim in the sea. <gasps> in Barry Island Sea, no less. It was honestly, I've, it's such a lovely place. Like the sand is beautiful. Went on, um, what are they called? You know, like the little pleasure beach things with all the rides. Yeah, yeah. Got a bit overexcited, bought lots of tokens. Um, <laughs> terrified my friend who I was with. Like literally, I'm not even sure he's still, I'm not sure if he's speaking to me still. Uh, <laughs> the, water was, the water was quite an experience, but we had such a lovely time. It was just uh, just. Oh, good. Well, I'm pleased this all still going, and the pleasure park is still uh, still a good thing to do. And that. I, haven't, I haven't been for donkey's years, I gotta say. We'll have to go on a little trip. Yeah, that'd be good, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. And how have you been? I've been all right, thank you. Um, I have. Well, it's been my first kind of full week back at work, so that's been um, you know trying to adjust to get back into the swing of things. You know, you come out of the rhythm of it quite quickly. Yeah, definitely. So, I totally get what you mean. So a bit of that, and um, it was my little boy's birthday on Monday. So um, yeah, we had a little little party for him on the weekend, and um, yeah, so I've, I've basically just spent the week eating birthday cake. If I'm honest, perfect. That's what else could you want, really? Well, <laughs> um, yeah. Did he have a nice birthday? Oh, he had a lovely birthday. Thank you. He's 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 eleven now, so it's like he's on the brink of you know, feeling too cool to hang around with his family, but also aware that that's where he's going to get the presents. Like, so he's in that kind of, you know, middle ground. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I still need you, but I'm not going to spend all my time with you. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. But he had a nice time and we went out for a bit of lunch on Monday. You know, the old eat out to help out thing. We uh, we helped out. Yeah, I've been doing a little bit of that because I've been away. Um it's been, yeah, because I hadn't been going to restaurants or anything until then. But I've, I haven't been anywhere where I felt, you know, everyone seemed to be sticking to the distancing. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's just been really nice to be away for a bit, to be honest. Good. So you're back now? I'm not back. I'm still away. Well, as we're recording this, I'm still away. Oh, fair Got a couple of days left. Lovely. And then I'm back um, at the end of the weekend, ready for next week Aww. and to get into the swing. Yeah. That's nice. That's nice to have a little break, isn't it? I have, it is, and obviously because I was having my little break, 
you were doing the interview this week. I did do the interview, and I've got to be honest with you, selfishly speaking, I was really pleased that I got to do this one. Yeah, I remember you, you did mention, didn't you? Because you had, like, there was a real interest there. Who was it? Um, I So I spoke to Glenn Johnson, who's the first team goalkeeper coach for Dagenham and Redbridge FC. Are you basically a wag now? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm one step away from a wag. I mean, I've always had the glamour, haven't I, do you know? Well, this is, what, this is why I was asking. I mean, I've always felt like you missed your calling not being in footballers' wives back in the day. <laughs> I mean, in so many ways. <laughs> right, well, should we have a little listen? Let's have a listen. Chat to you in a bit. Ta-da. Hi, Glenn. Hello. How are you doing? I'm not bad. Good, good. Good to have you on the podcast. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. Not at all. So, um, Glenn, can you start by telling everybody your full name and your connection to Barking and Dagnum? Uh, yep, yeah, my name is Glenn Johnson uh, and I'm first team goalkeeping coach at Dagenham Redbridge Football Club. Brilliant. Thank you for joining us on the podcast. So as I was explaining to you, this is a the community podcast for Barking and Dagenham and we've been having conversations about um, people in Barking and Dagenham and how we have found kind of lockdown and the whole COVID experience and stuff like that. So as someone that works in football, how has how was lockdown and the COVID experience um, affected you and and your trade? Um, yeah, I mean, it's been uh, quite a surreal experience, um, obviously, because, you know, like everybody else, our industry has been affected. Mm. Um, so essentially, uh, when it sort of first started to, to come around and um, there was the, the possibility of a, of a lockdown as such, football basically stopped. Um, yeah. And that was it. It was like one day we was in training, uh, preparing. Uh, I think we was going to play Woke in a way. Mm. Um, and then the game was um, postponed. Uh, and then we didn't return to training. Wow. So it's just, just as simple as that. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, which obviously, you know, then you've got the concerns of um, the financial side of things. Because obviously there's no income coming into the football club. Um, you know, there's, it's a difficult situation for, for the business side of things, which then can have a knock on effect to, um, the staff. Thankfully, obviously the government stepped in, um, and, and we were furloughed, uh, Mm. kept people in positions of, uh, being able to pay the bills. Absolutely. Um, so what, what did that mean for the team? I mean, how did, how did, how did they respond to it? Yeah, so initially, um, well, yeah, it was literally just chaps don't come in um, and we'll let you know. Wow. <laughs> we'll let, let you know what the plan is going forward when we've got an idea. So it was, it was a little bit um, of a strange situation because I think for everyone, there was so much of an unknown. Yes. Um, and that can be quite concerning for, for many, you know. Yeah, I think that's been the big thing from from everybody that we've spoken to on the podcast is that like no one no one can make any plans. No one knows what's happening next and that can bring out quite a lot of anxiety, I think. Oh, 100%. I think um, you know, for, for speaking from somebody that's uh, had anxiety issues in the past and 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 have been through it, 
Um, I've obviously, you know, learned coping mechanisms, um, but I think this was a real, <laughs> a real good test for those uh, coping mechanisms. Absolutely, and and similarly to you, I, I suffer with anxiety, and I, I feel like I had a bit of an head start coming into lockdown yeah. because I knew what the symptoms were going to be. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's it's a funny thing, isn't it? Thinking that yeah. I'm having anxiety gives you a bit of an head start in a situation like this. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, lots of my friends in various industries, um, not just in football, I think have, have all felt the same sort of situation um, that, you know, their jobs are un- unsecure or insecure, I t- should say, um, which then has obviously bigger and wider um, effects on, you know, can they pay their mortgage, you know, are they going to be able to pay the bills? They've got kids, you know, all these types of things that have, have had a knock-on effect. It's, um, I think it's been quite a, a worrying time for a lot of people. Um, yeah, totally agree. Yeah, yeah, very, very difficult if you've never experienced um, those types of anxieties before. Absolutely. So, so what did the what did the club do? What did you guys do to try and keep morale and keep connected through this time? Um, well, it, it, I think it was a little bit of a tricky one um, in as much that once you're furloughed, you can't really have too much contact um, with your um, employees. Yes. So I think, you know, obviously we would keep in touch with the players in terms of dropping them a text to sort of see how they're getting on. Um, you know, my role as, as goalkeeping coach, obviously I've got Elliot and Josh um, mm. to look after so um I, I kept in touch with them every now and then but also you know for example Elliot's got kids and a, and a wife so you know he's got things that he has to obviously concentrate uh, concentrate on and he probably didn't need me sort of you know <laughs> add into it but um no you know I think it's just a, it was just a case of checking in on people making sure that they're they're okay and their families are, are all right um you know I mean the the, the club of Steve Thompson in particular has done wonders for, for everybody, you know, um, making sure that we were furloughed. So then there is some um, income for, for the players and, and coaching staff and, and also the, you know, the, the other people at the football club um, that work so hard to, to keep the club running. Yeah. And, and I think that's one of the things, you know, similar to my industry in many ways. I work in theatre and people don't think about the behind the scenes people. And I guess it's probably similar in football, is it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, if you if you look at a, a, a club like Dagenham Redbridge, which is uh, a community football club, you know, there there's so many people behind the scenes that, you know, even on a volunteer basis that you see on match day. And if you go to the ground as a, as a supporter, you wouldn't necessarily uh, know their their job on on the day. But mm. honestly, the work that these people do um, is is fantastic. Well, I mean, I think I've mentioned to, to this to you before when we've chatted. My my kids and my husband are all season ticket holders at the Daggers, so they were devastated um, yeah. when lockdown happened. Yeah, I think it, one thing um, that I know myself, you know, my, my brother's a season ticket holder at Southend, um, and football clubs play a massive part in people's lives. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, even um, at the start of the lockdown, myself, um, Elliot and one of the directors, Paul Grin, um, phoned a number of supporters to check in with them and, and, you know, see how they was getting on. And the general consensus was that everyone was fine, but they were really missing their football. Yeah. And I, and I think that it's something that 
we all take for granted that you know you've you've got this football club in place and you know it's going to be there all the time um and then when it's sort of taken away from you it does leave quite a big void in people's lives and it 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 really sort of hit home to me how how important the football club is to people um and, and what a big part it plays in their life I think you're absolutely right. And, you know, any any sort of institution that occupies such an important community function, the minute that's taken away, people flounder, don't they? Yeah, no, it's um, it's it's amazing because, you know, I think football at times can get a lot of bad press um, through various uh, for, for various reasons. Um, but sometimes I, I think that the good work that a lot of football clubs do for their community sort of goes unseen. Um, yeah. So I, I think that, you know, as I said, this, this just highlights how, how important these football clubs are um, for, for the communities. Certainly. I, I completely agree. And is there any sort of light at the end of the tunnel? Do you, do you know what's happening next? When are you coming back to work and all that? Yeah, I think things are still not 100%. Um, mm. But we had um, COVID tests on Monday. Okay. Uh, everybody was in for them um then we are we're looking to be back in basically tomorrow um the players and the staff for um fitness testing yeah um, so that'll be thursday and friday and now obviously you know the the club have put all the protocols in place um for for a, a safe return yeah so there's a stage one a stage two and a stage three um and again you know we talk about the people that that work behind the scenes i mean the club have knocked up this um um sort of plan covid plan as mm. such a protocol it's like a 29 30 page document wow um and it's very very in depth um so you know i feel 100% um happy about returning to work because i know that the the football club have put everything in place um for us to return back to work safely um but yeah so we should be well yeah we are back tomorrow um we'll be off saturday sunday and then we really start back properly monday um so i mean it's been a long time coming i just honestly i can't wait to get back into work <laughs> i can imagine and what back. how have you sort of retained your fitness and how how have the players retained their fitness in, in this period where you haven't been able to get together and train intensively um, well, yeah, so uh, Juppy, who is our first team coach, um, sent out sort of individual fitness plans for the players um, quite early on. So, you know, they've been able to, to keep to a, a, a sort of a, a regime of fitness. Um, but obviously, it's, it's not always easy to sort of um, police it from, from our side, <laughs> coaching staff. But, you know, we, we think that the boys are as professional as they can be and, and and I'm sure that they would have obviously kept themselves in in, in shape um yeah I mean anytime you come back to something from a break in fitness it's such a killer isn't it so we just you know it's just it's to everyone's advantage for them to just carry on through isn't it oh 100% and I, I think in modern football that you know even at national league level the boys are very very professional in what they do um where maybe 10 15 years ago that may not have been the case at this level um but the 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 sort of the the differences between the national league league 2 and league 1 are becoming um smaller and smaller all the time mm. uh, so you know i don't think we've got any sort of concerns from our end i think the boys will hit the ground running when when they return um tomorrow
I bet they'll be waiting outside the gates. Probably, yeah. I mean, I know that, um, as, as we say, it's for everybody just to get back. and Because, you know, there's been so much uncertainty over the last however long. Mm. Um, that, you know, at one stage, there, there was rumours that football might return you know, as as normal, then it was going to be pushed back. Then it might be November. Then it might be January. And you you know, you've got all those sort of thoughts running through your mind that, gosh, if it's if it's January, you know, my position, um, my contract was up. Um, it's it's now thankfully been renewed, and mm. very grateful for that. Um, but you know, there might have been a three or four month period where because the football club didn't have any income, it would have been difficult for them to re-employ me. Yeah. Uh, from a personal standpoint. So then you're looking and going, well, hang on, I've got four or five months um, where I haven't got any income. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I have, as, as you know, got the goalkeeping glove brand, which yeah. um, brings in a, a certain amount of income. But even um, through that, um, the business side of things, through the, the, the sort of pandemic and the lockdown, there was really no income coming in because nobody was playing football. Of course. So, you know, again, that was a, a separate um, concern of, <laughs> of mine. So. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, you know, similar in my game, no no one's coming to the theatre, no one's allowed to come to the theatre. So, you know, you start to really panic about what the future might even be. So so, so on that, what, what have you done in terms of your own kind of personal self-care, sort of in terms of mental health and physical health through lockdown? Um, yeah, so it's, I've done quite a few different things, really. Um I do a fair amount of meditation and mm. and I think that that has, has helped because it sort of calms the mind and um, sort of keeps me on a level, if I'm being perfectly honest. Yeah. And, you know, it's only sort of 10, 15 minutes a day, but it, it really has helped. Um, I'm quite fortunate where I live in Southend that obviously I'm quite near, near the seafront and yeah. go for walks and get out and get the fresh air in and, and all the rest of it. So so that mm. played quite a big part. I mean, I live in a one-bed flat. So mm. you know, to, to be able to get out and get fresh air in my lungs has, has, has really helped. Um, and then the last thing I did really was to get out on my bike. Okay. Uh, quite lucky again that where I am in Southend, you know, you've one side you've got the seafront and then the other side you've got the, the countryside. So I was able to get out on my bike for two or three hours a day and just mm. really just cycle. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't even know where I was going. You know, I just wanted to get out, go and explore. And, and that really helped with, with the mental um, health side of things, to be honest. Yeah, I totally agree. I think fresh air is an underrated thing in these moments. Oh, 100%. I think um, it's, it's, a, it's a commodity that's free. Mm, <laughs> yeah. cost you anything. So exactly. you might well go and get as much of it as you possibly can. So, so what are you? So now we're coming out of lockdown. You're coming back to work. What, what are your hopes for the next few months? Um, well, I think you know, from a um, not just the football side of things, but on a on a wider scale, I'd like to see everybody try and come out of this um, in the best shape possible mentally. Because um, you know, I think unfortunately, there's. there's I think I see this on the news earlier that, you know, we're going through, we're going to be going through a recession or we're already going through a recession. Yeah. Then that means that obviously people, unfortunately, are going to be losing their jobs. And, you know, so I just, I I, I hope that everybody would just be sort of um, a lot kinder to each other 
and a, and a lot more sort of understanding of, of each other's um, problems and stresses. Mm. Um, from a personal standpoint, you know, I'm just, I'm really looking forward to getting back um, to work and, and getting back into that sort of routine of football. Um, and really, that's it, you know, just for everyone, you know, um, to stay sort of fit and healthy and just enjoy their lives, really. I know that Absolutely. sounds quite broad, but... But, but I think that those are some of the things that's come out of lockdown, is everybody started to appreciate the small things in life. Oh, without doubt. Yeah. I mean, before this, I'll be honest, I was already in that sort of mindset. Um, But I think what what has happened is that, you know, the most important commodity in your life is time and you you can't get time back. (laughs) So to me, spending time with my dad, my brother and my nieces and, Mm. you know, that's the most important thing to me. and spending my time wisely yeah Uh, so you know previously I've been known to be you know playing on the Xbox and things like that and you know I still have a dabble every now and then but yeah I don't bother wasting my time with it so much anymore Uh, I'd rather spend my time doing something a little bit more positive and and beneficial Mm -hmm. um yeah yeah so So, I mean we, we can't finish this conversation without having a little think about the season ahead for the daggers um and you know obviously you've lost a couple of players got some really interesting and exciting new signings what 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 do you think is about to happen for this season um i think that i'm gonna sit on the fence here (laughs) (laughs) i I don't want egg on my face but (laughs) i'm really confident about the season ahead um you know i I look at the football club now with with the ownership and you know Steve Thompson and the the new manager Daryl McMahon and and the coaching staff and the types of players that we are um, bringing in. You know Mac has been um, very aggressive in in getting the right type of people through the door. Mm. Um, and I I don't know I've just got a really good feeling about it. And you know I've had lots of conversations with Elliot um, during the off season about you know what the plan is for the season ahead. Um, and I think there's so many people in the building now that are all of the same mindset. Yeah. Uh, and really, you, you know, I think we're, we're, we've got a, a really exciting opportunity to to get back into the Football League. Um, and, and ultimately, that's what everybody's going to be working towards. Well, I know my own kids, who are both goalkeepers, are so excited to see Elliot again and to get yeah. back into their seats in, in, the, in the ground and just yeah. to be back amongst that lovely community vibe, you know? Yeah. No, again, you know, I think that, as, as we touched on at the start um, of the podcast, that, you know, the football club does play a, a real important role within the community. And yeah. I think what I'd like to see as well is that, you know, maybe a few more people within the community do come to games, you know, and do come um, and get behind the boys. But I think, you know, that that will happen naturally, um, you know, as the as the team is successful on the pitch, fingers crossed. Then then you know people will see that and say, oh right, okay, well we'll go and watch Dagenham. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, it's exciting. I think it is too, and oh, I'm so grateful to you, Glenn, for for spending your last day of annual leave <laughs> before going back to work, having a chat to me. And yeah, I'll I'll see you I'll see you down there. You know, we will be there every home game that we can make. So, um, thank you ever so much, and um, up the daggers for next season. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and um, yeah, thanks again, and we'll speak to you soon. Yeah, lovely. Cheers. Friend. Take care. Cheers.
Bye. Lovely Glenn. Really, really nice guy, actually. And the one thing that's kind of stuck with me from what he said, and I actually wrote it down, he said what lockdown has made him realise is that time is the most important commodity we've got. And I think... I think that's. I think that hopefully that's become clear to a lot of people. But it's such a, it's such a good point, and I really like connect with what you said about that. Yeah, me too. And you know, he talked a lot about kind of fitness, both in terms of like mental health and physical fitness, and just this idea of like being out in in the fresh air and just being out in the outdoors as being so good for your soul. Like, and I really connect with that. Yeah. Well, this week, because um, I've been away. We've just been walking loads. And honestly, I feel like what I've managed to do is, do you remember, you know, I've spoken about this before and said that for me, the first sort of half of lockdown was a lot easier. Yeah. And it was almost the readjusting that I've really struggled with. Like the last couple of months in particular have been really tricky. Um, and I've had a lot of kind of stop start stuff with my mental health. And I thought, oh, I'm better now. And it's like, actually, no, I'm not, you know, and I've needed to kind of, I've got to take it a lot slower. And I think it's going to be a bit of a process. But being here and just going out for long walks has just been so lovely. And being in the front, like yesterday, being near the sea, I mean, it, honestly, I actually felt quite emotional because I hadn't been near the sea since probably January or February. Um, and it made such a difference. And I do think, again, it's that, that time thing, you know, because we pressure ourselves so much that we think the only thing that's worthwhile with our time is if we're working. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it, it, we must be sort of constantly got that pressure of like, we must earn money. That is what success looks like. But actually, to take a few days out and spend my time, like, with my best mate, you know, eating nice food, having a giggle, walking along the beach, getting caught in the rain, all that stuff. Already, it's been a few days and I can just feel that, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying it's, I'm not like, oh, great, I'm 100% better. But I know that I'm going to come back and be in a much better place to try and sort of build back up again, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's the simple things, really. And I think that's what what Glenn was reflecting on. And, you know, one of the other things I, I really respected about what he said, and again, it touches on loads of the stuff that you and I talk about, is that um, he's a fellow working in football, which is, a you know, in, in many respects, quite a macho kind of, you know, man's man kind of um, vibe. But he talked really openly about his own mental health and his experience of anxiety and stuff like that. And, you know, I'm really keen to see those kind of conversations progress in those sorts of spaces as well. So real respect to him for that. I think it's, yeah, it's brilliant. And it's, um, yeah, I think we're, the conversation is moving forward and hopefully we don't let that drop off. But I think what it needs is, um, I hope that that conversation continues to progress. Um, and hopefully one day we'll be in a position where kind of beyond the conversation, the actual support is more accessible for people. And, you know, there are brilliant organisations out there, but I think we just need to keep doing more and more of that um, to just take care of each other, which is, again, goes back to what so many of our guests have said, is that you realise how much we do rely on each other when it comes down to it. And actually a lot of the stuff we think is really important isn't of, isn't of as much value as we place on it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, it's, it's the small things, isn't it? And, you know, I think that's that's something that 
uh, Glenn was reflecting on and just the idea of kind of self-care and 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 how you prioritize that in times like this and I must say the other thing I thought was um really cute was how excited Glenn was to get back to work today today being his first day back at the football club you could really hear in the way he was talking that it had that kind of first day at school like the first new term sort of vibe 100% I think um getting to do something like be around people again you know because it's part of your life isn't it and it's sort of I think it's a real joy um and it's that weird thing. And I think that's what's been strange about this middle bit. Because it's like, oh, some things feel normal and some things don't. And sort of, yeah. So I hope he has a lovely day. And I'm I sure do as well. And, and my kids are quite starstruck. Because obviously my kids have got um, season tickets. Uh, season tickets are the daggers. Um, it's free for the under 10s. Just FYI. Um, that's why they've got them. Okay. Yeah, it's really good. They're, they're a really good community club in that, in that way. Do you know what I mean? And... You know, my kids are quite starstruck, but I said, yeah, I'm talking to Glenn Johnson from Daggers. So I think I got a bit of kudos, earned some points with my kids as well, talking to Glenn. <laughs> nice one. Can I tell you a quick story about the one time I went to see Dagmar Redbridge? Yes. I was maybe six or seven um, and wasn't even into football at that point, never been into football. And I spent the whole game just sort of shaking my pan to pop up and down. Um, and then at <laughs> some point during the game, I opened it and it exploded everywhere. Um, that's what I remember about. Not, I'm sure it was a brilliant game, just not for me. Um, my dad wasn't very impressed. Uh, <laughs> yeah, didn't go again. So there we go. But well, I hope um, you know, everyone who does go enjoys it. <laughs> <laughs> you gave it a try. Um, I'll be honest, I, I do quite enjoy the little um, half-time snacks. I did get told off um, by my kids for calling it the interval, the football interval. <laughs> Will you get off to get your little Hagen does <laughs> and a program? <laughs> to be fair, football grounds always have the brilliant, like the best, like hot dogs and burgers and that sort of stuff. That's yeah. what I remember. I don't know if it's still the same. But... I think when I used to, I used to go to West Ham quite regularly when I had money and no kids. And um, I'm sure I used <laughs> to buy a chicken bolty pie also before I stopped eating meat. I used to get a chicken bolty pie in the half time and it was banging. Well, there we go. We're all we've all got our fond memories of football grounds. Me and me pants are pop. You and your chicken bulky pie. <laughs> oh, what a funny old time, eh? But listen, um, we should go. I've got to get over to um Studio Three Arts this morning to um see our drama tutors and see how they're getting on with the young people's project. So I'm going to go over there. What have you got planned for the rest of your time away? Um, we're going to go, I can't remember what it's called. We're going to some place with some lovely views. <laughs> there we go. I'll tell you the name of it next week. <laughs> Generic name of place with views. And I am actually meeting up with a few um, over the weekend. That's why I'm staying a bit longer because I've got a few friends here. I'm going to meet up with like outside and just have some catch up. So that'll be really nice. Oh, that's nice. Well, I mm. am bringing the armchair quiz back. You know, the quiz I did in lockdown every week for like 5,000 years. I do. Yeah, it's back for one one night only on Saturday. So, um, yeah, I need to write a quiz, actually. God, I forgot about that. You actually have to write it. Well, you better get going. I better add. I've got a lot to do, haven't I, by the sounds of it? <laughs> well, um, give my love to the West Country. I still am visualising you in the barber jacket and wellies. Don't let me down. No, I won't. I promise. I'll get it sorted. <laughs> All right, I'll speak to you soon. Take care. Bye. Bye. So... That's it for this episode of Back to Ours. Hope you enjoyed the chat and please remember there's a lot of support out there in Barking and Dagnum.
You know when something doesn't feel right, so let's speak out and keep each other safe. If someone's life is in danger, call 999 immediately. Or if you're worried about a child's safety, you can call 0208 227 3811. If it's an adult safety you're concerned about, you can call 0208 227 2915. And if you need support around domestic abuse, you can call 03 0174. Look after yourself and we'll talk to you next time.